You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 3, Episode 13, Bikram Yoga. In 2019, Netflix released a documentary on Bikram Yoga, which exposed allegations that had been happening for decades regarding Bikram's attitudes and behavior towards the people who had come to visit him and the people who had participated in his courses. The documentary followed several articles which had outlined allegations of abuse that were leveled at Bikram from several people who had taken his courses over the years. In the documentary series, it is alleged that Bikram is a very litigious person, and so it took a very long time for a lot of these allegations to come out. Joining me today to tell her story of the Bikram yoga experience is Jennifer. Welcome, Jennifer. Jennifer, what was going on in your life and where were you as a person when you decided to take up Bikram yoga? I was, it was 2001, and I had been dealing with some pretty serious um, physical uh, chronic pain issues. And I mean, I, I was, I was actually pretty fairly disabled. I had really crippling tendonitis in my hands and in my forearms. And then I also had a herniated disc in my neck and was just in severe pain. And a physical therapist had actually recommended Bikram yoga to me in San Francisco. Cause I really enjoy the heat, right? Like that was the thing that sort of made me feel better. So I went and I took a Bikram class in San Francisco and I ended up taking with you know, and a very, a passionate teacher, but a nice teacher, like she was kind. And so my only experience was I had taken with two, two different teachers and they'd all been nice people, you know, like they were, they were pretty kind hearted. So when I had the opportunity to go and do the teacher training, this was 2001, like I couldn't research him on the internet. Um, I remember calling and asking a few people and just saying like, you know, oh, do you think I should do this? And a couple people were sort of like, get your own housing. Make sure you, like I talked to a teacher in Madison who was like, make sure you have your own housing. And I was like, okay. But no one really, I had heard that he was like a severe person. I had not heard he was like, you know, loving and kind, but I sort of was like fine with that. I was like, he doesn't have to be, I just wanted to, to learn. I felt like I'd had lots of college professors who were not necessarily touchy-feely people, but were still excellent teachers. Like I was like, this would be my, my best friend. And so I, yeah, it's so funny now looking back because of course like this call could have been solved so easily. But in 2001, I showed up to Los Angeles not knowing really anything about him and just having had this experience with these other teachers and uh yeah then i was in la for two and a half months the training at that time was was it 10 weeks oh it was very long 
it was very it was the same like super extreme thing you may have already heard of where like you're in class you're you know I thought we were taking we were too I knew we were taking two classes a day which I was into because Bikram at that time was really good for my chronic pain issues I was like I'd love to practice that much I love yoga I did not know that we were going to be at uh we were in he had purchased uh, an old auto dealership on La Cienega. I don't know if you're familiar with Los Angeles, but it's like right in downtown LA. And so it was like, imagine like an auto dealership showroom floor, but he had just installed mirrors. So we were in this like giant locked room with fluorescent lighting over us from 8 a.m. until like midnight, six days a week. <laughs> it was so, it was so extreme and so psychotic. And I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just had no idea what I was walking into. I felt very, looking back, I felt kind of stupid that I hadn't known more. But now looking back, I'm like, no, there's sort of a lot riding on people not talking about how bad he was and how abusive the whole system was, right? Like, it wasn't, people didn't talk about it. Um, so that's how I ended up in L.A. My understanding is that it's not unusual for teachers trainers to be tough it's supposed to be a harder form of yoga you're supposed to learn the fundamentals you know and there's sort of this you know not hazing but sort of this like you have to perform kind of mentality yeah no there i mean stern is fine by me you know like again i i was not expecting him to be my guru or my therapist or anything like that but when I, when he, I mean, I was really excited to see him and to meet him. Like, I mean, again, it's 2001. Like, I don't even know. I think I'd seen a few photos of him at the studio I went to. But like, you know, I was definitely excited because um, I was really excited about the Bikram yoga practice that had done a lot for me. And I remember him coming in. He's very tiny, which everyone marks on. But um you know, people, people applauded. We were like, there were 180 of us. <laughs> so it was a huge group of people. And within like the first five minutes, he made a rape joke. And I just remembered sort of my jaw being on the floor. Like, did that, did that just happen? Did he just say, like, we, everyone was getting up and introducing themselves. He was like, oh, so you can talk about like where you're from, if you're married, how many times you've been raped. And I was like, oh my fucking God, did that just, did, did everyone else, I was like 27 at the time, but I was like, did everyone else just hear that? Did that just really happen? Did I just give this guy $5,000? You know, like it was, I was like in shock. And then we took class with him later and his class, as anyone will, who's like been around, is, is just terrible. Like he's just screaming for like two hours and he's very automatic. He. Yeah, it's, his class is not good. I was thinking, of course, Bikram is going to teach the best Bikram class in the history of Bikram. And I was like, oh, my God, he's not even a good teacher. Like, he's just yelling his, like, rote weirdness and then talking. The documentary alleges that he used to actually participate in the class, but now he just stands there and sort of yells at people. Is that right? Well, yeah. And, like, you know, of course, it, you know, he, he just, he honestly, this sounds really ridiculous, but like I watched the documentary and I was, I had thought this for years, but I was like, he is the Trump of yoga. He's not a bright guy. He is, 
but he had he has like a weird knack of I mean he is a gross narcissist and abuser but he has a weird knack for sort of like selling himself right he has sort of like instincts that work in like capitalism or something but he's not a good teacher he's not a smart person like I remember being like there's how did he come up with this series he's a dumbass and of course, as we know, like, even at the training, people are like, he didn't come up with this. His guru came up with this. He just popularized it. And I'm like, that makes sense. Cause this is not someone who is intelligent. Um, and by like day two, I remember calling home. I was living in Chicago at the time and calling my family and I was crying and I was like, I hate Bikram. I hate him. I hate this person that I am going to have to be like, it just was it was awful. I felt, I really felt like I had joined, accidentally joined a cult. Um, because the, and I, I, you know, over time I sort of found my people, there were probably like 10 or 15 of us that were like rolling our eyes and, you know, being like, Oh God, we're here. You know, the deal was everyone had given him so much money. Right. Um, and there were so many people at the training who had definitely a much more, uh, who'd sacrificed a lot more than I had. They had sold their cars. They had quit their jobs. They had, um, you know, gotten childcare for two months. Like people had put everything on the line to take two months off to come and do this. So it was like, we were kind of locked in, you know, and that was sort of a deal. And that was one of my problems is when I would be like, this is not okay that he's so abusive and he's so crazy. People did not want to talk with, about it. Like I was not... <laughs> I definitely had people, I was definitely labeled negative the first couple of weeks of the training. I was like, no, it's not okay. He's calling people fat and calling us horse. This is, you know, and people are like, oh no, you just need to toughen up. And everyone's like, he's just not politically correct. And I was like, everyone here is crazy. Um, and I remember talking to my sister who is a psychologist and she was like, here's the deal you feel crazy. The majority determines reality. And the majority of the people there really do revere him as sort of like a Christ-like figure. He compares himself to Jesus constantly. And people cry and are super into it. And she's like, so in that environment, you are the crazy one. And that was how I felt for those whole, those whole two months. But so what was it like for you interacting with the true believers then? It was, and again, looking back, I'm like, oh my God, it's all like cult cliche, but we signed these documents at the, at the, the, which I wish I could get a hold. Like, again, I'm like, why didn't I take, like, it was before cell phone. Like I got my first cell phone to like go and do that training. Like it was a flip phone. Like I was like, oh, do I really need a phone? It was so early technologically, but um, I wish I had pictures of the contract that they made us sign when we showed up the first day. And it essentially said that our money was unrefundable and that they could eject us at any point for any reason. Like we were basically, it was like, you are here, your money is unrefundable. And if you do anything that displeases us, we can boot you with, with no cause. So that was always hanging over you that if you displeased people or if it got back to the higher ups, that you were being negative or, you know what I mean? Like you were always under threat of being kicked out. Right. And then you would have, then you would have nothing, you know? Um, like I definitely was like, I, I need to not get kicked out because I, you know, took two months off and I spent this, I, you know, this is costing me 10 grand all told by the time I pay for my living expenses here. I just want to get my, I just want to get my certificate and get out of here. 
um, but we also had to, we had to sign in at the front. Like they really, there were so many of us, they really couldn't track us. Like Bikram didn't know who we were really. He knew some of us, but I just tried to stay as far away from as possible. And so we had to sign in like every hour. It was like this weird thing to make sure that we didn't leave and to make sure that we actually were in class. Um, I mean, I ditched a few times to do other things because it was so monotonous or just because I was like, I need a break. But you were just living in fear because you were like, if you know, you could have somebody else sign in for you. But it was like, if that person, tell, you know, it was just that whole mentality of, you know, everybody's reporting and everybody else. And, uh, you know, it was it was just a very fear based situation. Um, and. Yeah, my interactions with, the, you know, like, he was very abusive to people in class. The other teachers were, too. Like, they all sort of, like, it was just, like, it felt like a fraternity hazing, right? Where it was, like, well, we had to suffer through these, like, two-hour, 130-degree classes. Like, you do, too. It was all about sort of, like, the brutality and being tough enough to take it. And I was, like, I did not sign up for any of this. This is ridiculous. People would be having medical emergencies. Like people had serious dehydration cramps during class. People fainted, um, and they were just they figured out like who the medical professionals were at the training because there were a few nurses and EMTs, and they would make them deal with it. So uh, the classes themselves were really a bummer. But yeah, again, if you if you complained about it or were like this is ridiculous or this is just you know this isn't challenging. This is and then the teachers I had before, I'm like it's hard. You're in a hundred degree room standing on one leg for two minutes. Like it's, I just, I had teachers and like classes were challenging, but they were kind. Like you don't need to be mean to people. It just was this ethos of, well, if you're doing true Bikram, then you're really kicking people's ass. And it's like, uh, it was just this weird macho grossness that was not why I was there. And all the teachers who were sort of the higher ups seemed to adopt. Um, and like, you know, they were they would infamously sort of like get it you just wanted them to not see you during class because they would single people out and scream at them he would yell at women for having cellulite he would yell at people he was very on people's cases for being overweight like you know they would single you out and scream at you to unlock the rest of this episode visit patreon.com forward slash k-a-r-e-n-g-e-i-e-r It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.